Welcome to South Fork Gab, where we are creating unity through stories. My name is Stacey Anderson, and I have my co-host here with me, Mitzi Peterson. We have a really fun episode today talking to Catherine Giles about her family and the cabin up at South Fork. This episode was so fun to record. There were so many memories that we've had up at South Fork, and what I love the most is that Catherine has been able to keep that same feeling of belonging at the cabin. And even though I don't visit the cabin very much, uh, when I do get up there, I feel just as loved and welcomed. So we just wanted to tell you a little bit about Catherine before we get into it. Um, Catherine is the daughter of Alton Thomas, who we all know as Tom, and her mom is Norma Hansen. Um, Catherine is the middle child um, of uh, two brothers. She has an older brother, Stan, and younger brother, Alton. Catherine is an avid skier, so we asked her when we... when she started skiing, and she said it was in the second grade. She said that Stan's allergies doctor told her parents that Stan needed to do something outside in the wintertime, so they enrolled them both in the Provo City Parks Ski School. Her mom dropped them off at 8 o'clock in the morning at Ripples to catch the bus up to Sundance. Um, Thanksgiving time was always at the Giles home, and Christmas was a huge tradition in her family, and her dad decorated inside and out. Clam chowder was served on New Year's Eve, and each spring break they would open the cabin, and every weekend the summer was spent at the cabin. Some fads that she remembers when she was in junior high were elephant pants and pop rocks. She graduated from Tempe U and was the first graduating class to go all four years there, and she went to every high school activity to keep herself busy. Her first car was a green Ford LTD. Catherine did a lot of sewing through the years, but now she enjoys doing various activities instead. She got her teaching degree at BYU and taught second grade for 30 years at West Ridge Elementary School. The craziest thing that she witnessed as a teacher was one of her students brought a horse for show and tell, which we actually talk about um, in the podcast a little bit. Um, Her favorite trick to get rowdy kids to calm down and focus was... um, was to sing with actions. Her favorite memory of her dad was when she got home from school, her dad would be waiting for her so that they could go horseback riding together. Catherine did a lot of traveling with her mom, as well as watching movies and putting together puzzles. In this episode, we talk about the Old Red Cabin and some of the memories Catherine has. We also talked about why her and her brothers decided to tear it down and rebuild. And in the second half of the episode, we were able to get to know... So we know that... This is a little longer of an episode, but it is really good. Um, there, it's full of fun details and memories. And at the end, we also have included some of um, some memories of South Fork written by some cousins um, like Wesley Harvey, uh, Kyle Pay, Brandon Pay, and Kim Nemezi. So you won't want to miss those. So before we jump into the podcast, Mitz, do you want to give everyone a brief overview of our great-great-grandparents? We actually talk about them with Catherine in this episode. Yes, I'd love to. So we're talking about Charles. This is, um, if you want to think about it, so Tom, who we talk about in this episode, this would be his grandpa, um, Charles Bateman Giles. And his wife is uh, Bertha Miranda Bateman. So Charles um, had developed a lot of property, and so they ran cattle um, and beef, uh, and they also ran a dairy. When people couldn't pay, that was no problem. 
he felt that it was his duty in life to give and share of his material things in life. If someone had problems, there was always cream and food sent into the home. It was nothing unusual to have a huge crowd at the ranch. Every Saturday and Sunday, they'd go out and have 20 to 30 people, always on the weekends, at the cabin. They were very gracious people, both Charles and Bertha. The cows were kept at South Fork Ranch in Progo Canyon. And in the summer, um, the property, which is south of the Thomas's gravel pit in the wintertime, that was where the dairy was. She said that they had some huge fish ponds up there at the canyon that the folks kept and had stocked with fish. Then people that came up there could fish. They'd catch fish, and then Bertha would cook them for people. Then they would put marbles in the small ponds to attract the kids. And then a mudslide came down and filled the ponds, and they were never reopened. There was a little fish pond by the front door and a fish pond by the back door. And then when David, who was Nadine's um, little boy, was little, he fell in the pond, and so then they filled the, the ponds up. Bertha's blood pressure was really high, and so she would go to the canyon in the summertime. Usually she'd go the last part of May or June, and she never went back down to Provo in her home until the fall. She stayed right there because of the tremendous pressure and plus the fact that she was vegetarian. The only meat she ever ate was halibut. Charles and Bertha acquired a lot of property, which was a burden on them at the time, for it was not unusual for them to see a property go up for a tax sale, but they were able to hang on. Thank you so much for sharing that, Mitz. And just so everybody knows, that information can be found on Family Search. And I will include a link in the show notes if you guys want to go and look up some more history about them. But I feel like Grandma and Grandpa Giles seemed like pretty amazing people, and I count myself lucky to be part of the family. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the things that they did was passed on to their kids and grandkids. And so it's fun to see traits like that passed down to their posterity. All right, let's get right into the podcast so we can share everything that we learned from Catherine today. We hope you enjoy it. All right, Kath, so the first question I have for you is, who built the red cabin? Okay, the original cabin was built by my dad, and Uncle Burr built the one right next to him. Okay. And they were just small cabins. And then over time, since a fireman can do everything... Um, dad added on to the cabin three times. Oh, wow. It's three different, um, power boxes, whatever those things are in your home breaker boxes. Wow. And, um, so since it has been added on to so many times and, you know, all the work was done by different firemen, um, it really wasn't able to save. <laughs> <laughs> So that is why we ended up just tearing the whole thing down and building a new one. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Interesting. So can you describe the cabin, like, in its original small form? Because, like, I have some memories of it. And, you know, so I guess when it was first original, was it, like, just the kitchen and the living room, a bedroom and a bathroom, and that was it? Like, can you kind of walk us through, like, the additions, or what was it? It was just one room with stairs to go up to the, they called it an attic back then. Um, that was, it had a fireplace and um, it had a cook, the old coal cook stove, which we still have up in the shed mm. and um, didn't even have running water that we brought in from outside. And 
nope, I take it back. We had running water. There was a sink. There was a sink in there. And there was an outhouse. There was no bathroom. And we had an outhouse. I was in grade school before they added on where we put bathrooms. Oh, wow. I remember going to the outhouse. My favorite memory about the outhouse is, um, okay, there's two. Uh, Provo High used to have big bonfires for homecoming. Each class, the sophomore, junior, senior class, each built a big, huge bonfire. And it was down where BYU track is right now. But on top of the senior bonfire was our outhouse. Interesting. Yeah. And so uh, dad went to the school and so the shop teacher said they would build us a new one. So that's how we got our new outhouse. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I know. And then my cousins came from Nebraska. And I just remember my cousin, Terry, who's five years younger. Anyway, she said, no way am I pooping in that outhouse. I'll go poop in the rocks. (laughs) (laughs) What was so bad about the outhouse? I mean, wasn't that like what was normal or not really? I don't know. It's absolutely normal for back then. But she'd never had to do that. Oh, okay. And she's like, I'm not going in there. That is so funny. <laughs> so, well, if it was only in its original state was really only just like that one room and then the attic, like, yeah. did you guys just love it? It was just something to go and do on the weekends. Like, I don't know, explain that to me. Cause that is just so fascinating to me. Yes. No, we only went up on the re- weekends, and, but my real good memories of the cabin were after we added on Okay. the first time where we added on a kitchen mm. and a bathroom, two, well, it was a bedroom downstairs, and two bedrooms upstairs. That was the first add-on. And that's what I remember the most is being there with that. Okay, okay. And then the carport, building onto the over where we pulled the car in, mm-hmm. building over that came when I was right before high school and we just added that big, huge room. How old were you when you, when your dad originally started building it? Okay. Dad had built it before he even met my mother. Oh. And Bert, because they were given that, those acres of land from their great grandmother. And my dad and, uh, and Bert built them both. theirs both at the same time. I think Bert was married at the time, but my dad wasn't. Hmm. So my dad had that before he got married. Okay. Did you did you do a lot of work on it? Like, did you go up with your dad and, like, work to put the kitchen in and, like, all the add-ons and stuff? Like, did you take part in that, Kath? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I, was... I, was, I watched some of it, but I never held. Okay. Alton did on the very last one when we put that big room, which mm-hmm. made a... a, a what do you call it, a porch. Oh, yeah. You know, that people drive under, so. Okay. I just was going to say, that just sounds like so much fun to always have a place to go on the weekends and always know, you know, just go hang out in the mountains. Oh, absolutely. That was what you did. So. That's so fun. That worked. And I do remember, Kath, there was that little cabin off to the side. I don't even know. What do you even call that? I think Stan lives there now, or did 
at a, at one time. So like, we tell me, because that was like a one like a studio little cabin, wasn't it? It was just like it had like a little kitchen area, like it was just one room, but had like all the necessities. Is is my memory serving me correctly? Absolutely. And that one was the first one built. And it was built on the property by our grandparents. By um, Bertha Bertha and Charles? No, that would be our great-grandparents. Our grandparents would be Donna and um, Alton. Oh, they're the ones who built it. They're the ones that built it. That is why Bert and my dad got the property on that end of the ranch. Because... That's where their parents had already built. Now they built that there, and it was it was you know it was our great grandparents' property. Mm. So, so I remember I remember reading something about Bertha and Charles, who is your is, is our great grandparents, and they were thinking about how uh, Bertha would go up there all the time, and there was fish ponds up up there and stuff. Is that in that area, or was that over by like Norma's? Over by where Norma's cabin was, but down farther. That's where that they had cabins up there that people could come up and stay in for a week or so. You're going to have to ask Danny. He'll know how many cabins there were. But that is where Bertha and um, our grandpa, you know, our great grandpa, that's where they stayed. They had uh, uh, at least three cabins that people could come and stay in. And then they stayed in um, a cabin up there all summer. So did they rent it out, those cabins? Or was it I think, they, I think they did. I think they rented them out to people. People would come up and rent them out for like a week or a month or something. Danny does know that, but I'm not sure on all of that. But yes. And when we were growing up, some of the remains of those small cabins were still up there. Oh. But when the Ronies brought, bought the property... And they came down, and they were they just cleaned up the property. So, okay. Sorry, this is probably off topic, but who are the Ronies? <laughs> the Ronies are the ones that bought the old piece of land. They're, okay, our great grandparents, Bertha and Charles, owned fifty acres up there. Okay. Oh. Well, my uh, uncle Bert and Mike and and Tom were supposed to get an acre piece that was in the will. Because they had gone up and worked every summer up there okay. with the cattle. Well, they were supposed to get at one acre and five hundred dollars. Well, they didn't have the money to give them, and my dad said, "Fine, I'll take another acre instead of the five hundred dollars." And they were perfectly fine with that. So my dad got two acres, and Uncle Bert got one acre. So that left forty-seven acres. That forty-seven acres went to their. Um, oldest daughter and her husband Nadine and she she died not I just think a few years after that but anyway so um, she had married Doug Dave Long and they and he, the Long family had it until they sold it oh in the ni- 1990s and they sold it to the Ronies okay and now so the Ronies now own the 47 acres that used to be part of Giles Ranch. Okay, so did they also buy Danny's old cabin or Norma? No, that wasn't even part of it. Gabby had bought that lot when it came up for sale. It wasn't even part of the old Giles property. Okay. 
it just came up and she wanted some property up there and so she bought it and put that tap on it And sorry to backtrack a little bit, because um, I don't, I, re- I remember the little cabin we were talking about that your grandparents had originally built. I just always thought it was like the coolest thing when I was little. And then when you guys, I, if I remember, you guys did build on to that, right? Who wanted yeah. to do that and how, you know, who built it, all of that? Okay, it got built onto by my dad after my mom passed away. Okay. It was just his way of breathing. Oh. Yeah. And he put bathroom and the laundry room downstairs, added onto it. And then upstairs, all it was was a bathroom and a bedroom. And the only way to get to the upstairs was outside. That's what I remember. <laughs> and we would send people there to go to the bathroom when we had big parties. Good idea. Nice. Yeah. It sounds like your dad just always kind of needed a project. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. He always had to have a project. If it wasn't up there, it was down at the barn. That's so fun. I love that. Yes, he always had to have something to do. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so I guess what was your favorite attribute about the cabin? What was your favorite things about being up there? Just being able to do whatever you wanted. I mean, and, you know, you added the fun where we had, and one of our questions said, see, Aunt Elsa and her family lived in Proa, and so did Uncle Bert and his family. And so Bert's family spent a lot of time at their cabin on the weekend, too. So Alta would come up all the time with her kids. Anyway, we just had a, always had a lot of kids there mm. and playing night games. At, at night, we'd play kick the can, follow the judge to court, all these, you know, old games. And that was awesome because we could, you know, parents would go to bed. Nothing <laughs> was going to happen to us. We weren't going anywhere. And so um, that was the, the best part is all of all of the family gatherings in the summer were always there. That's cool. It's so fun because it's great bonding for cousins and, and well, for everybody, really. And everybody yeah. always they have a place to go. So and always had some massive water fights. Oh, so that started when you were younger, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. When I was young, definitely. We were always having water fights. Well, you had that creek. Yeah. And then dad added the um, fire hose. Um, I will say that is so memorable. Like, I remember thinking how cool it was that your guys' hoses were fire hoses. Like, it was the coolest <laughs> thing ever. Well, the reason he did that was for tax purposes. Oh. <laughs> that because is... we had to have to be, you know, covered, our structure covered for um, insurance. Oh. For insurance purposes, we had to have it because we couldn't get insured unless we had a fire hydrant. Oh, interesting. And so Dad put that together and and said it was a, took pictures that it was a fire hydrant and it passed. Well, I'm yeah. sure your dad loved that. <laughs> yeah. So we originally put in. Did you guys go hike and just go? Like, for miles up that canyon, just, like, goofing off with the cousins? Or, like, did you guys stay mostly around the cabin? Hey, we did not, I would say, growing up, I didn't do, we did, the only hiking we did is if you walk, well, let's say you just drive right out of the cabin. If you kept going straight, you would drive into a hill. Right. We called that the fun hill. We would hike up that and then run down the other side, and you would end up in the park. 
Mm. And that's the only hiking we really did. Then we had the horses up behind the cabin where I hike now all the time. We rode the horses. Mm. We rode the horses up, and we also had a place going down through the park and all the way down that we rode the horses. We didn't, I, I personally didn't do a lot of hiking. Okay. Only the fun hill. The rest were, we were going horses. I love that you guys call it the fun hill. Like, that's, I want to go on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what we called it. You know, at, on Easter, we would take eggs, you know, the boiled eggs up there, and roll them down and see whose egg could make it the farthest. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Actually, with, with that being said, Catherine, I want you to, can you continue to explain the games that you did like that? Like that, I just, I love hearing about these games that were played. But we used to also play a lot of volleyball, and now the volleyball court's been taken down because mm-hmm. those trees had to come down. Um, we used to go out into, the, into, and at this time, it was our cousin belongs field right next to Bert's fence. We would go over and um, they were irrigating their field just like we were. And we would put bases in the water. <laughs> we'd make sure that, so we played baseball over in the field. And when you went into a base, you were going into water. You could slide in really well. Uh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> and so that was one we did too. And um, then, of course, Dad added the zip line when I was in junior high mm-hmm. and yes it always ended up you hit a mattress so was that that was obviously your dad's idea like I, I thought that was so funny and cool that a mattress was hanging from that tree oh yeah and we tried to change it out a few times um he got the idea from a professor at BYU that did that's all he did was you know recreational whatever but he had put one up, and Dad had seen it, and said, hey, we could do that. And that is one of my favorite memories, because that's what we did every time we went up. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. Such a fun it thing. Amazing. All of our friends wanted to go on it. Everybody did. <laughs> no, it was great. That's and awesome. it was sad. We were going to put up another one, and that's Stan's fault. That was his job. <laughs> but when we built the new cabin, that tree had to come down, mm-hmm. and then... In hindsight, we're thrilled that we had taken it down because the cable had worked halfway through that tree. Oh, wow. And the tree was hollow inside. Oh, yeah. So at one point, that thing was coming down. And who knows if somebody would have been on it when they did that. So it was good. And the tree that we used to, you know, go into with the mattress, it's pretty much gone too we've had to take it because those old old trees they just get hollow in the middle they start rotting out mm. yeah we i remember we did a bridal shower for me up there um and my in-laws were there and my mother-in-law went down the zip line and it really made an impression on her too because when they bought their house in idaho they ended up putting a zip line at their house so oh absolutely because every it doesn't matter your age you love it yeah yeah it's true. Well, Stan, I guess you better get working on that zipline. <laughs> Either that or you better, I guess you need to start growing some trees. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have like a very first memory of South Fork? The thing that's kind of funny is my 
first memory of going there is in the winter. No figure. And um, going up and sledding, we would go down the, the uh, road up by the Girl Scout ranch. Hmm. So that's, it's bizarre that that's my question. Yeah, that's fun though. Then, yeah, but then as a kid, we, with the old cabin, when it was just, you know, that one room in the villa, we did, we went up a lot of just going up during the day and not really sleeping over. Because you have little mm. kids and you just have an outhouse, <laughs> that's a tough one to sleep over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is why the cabin was added on to. Um, so let's talk about the new cabin. When um, when did you guys decide to remodel the cabin? Um, down? After Dad had passed away, we decided it just needed... It, we we're having too many problems. Mm. And um, the cost to fix that wasn't really going to help that, you know, was going to be really expensive and wasn't going to help that much. So the new cab, we started the new cabin in 2005. Did you, did you as brothers and sisters all design it together? Um, yeah. I, we all, you know, Stan only wanted, he had just a few things. He wanted a steep roof so he didn't have to shovel it, which has come in very handy lately. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> he wanted um, high, he wanted the high ceiling, steep roof, and there's one other thing, and I don't remember what it was. But that was his input. That's what he wanted. Um, Alton wanted his, base, his room in the basement because it'd be cooler, which now I'm very jealous of. I wish I had my room in the basement. Yeah. I will say, none of us had ever built before, and if we ever built another one, it'd be completely different. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, so did you guys take anything from the old cabin and integrate it to the new cabin? I'm trying to think about that. Because we brought in a, um, we brought in a storage unit. You know how they have those? And they bring them in with a truck and put them down to put all the stuff that we wanted to keep. Okay. Then when we have this brand new cabin and um, we're taking all the stuff out, we're like, yeah, no, that's not going in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's not going in. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. It just didn't work. Yeah. And um, so I do not, okay. This, I will tell you, this wasn't from the cabin. It was from the barn, our old barn, where the horses used to be down on South State. When we sold that property, Alton demanded that we keep the barn doors, and we did. Mm-hmm. And those barn doors are now the wall downstairs. We put them up on a wall downstairs. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Then the other thing is we took all of Dad's fire trucks that he used to you know, toy ones that he used to collect and they were in the windows here at home. We took those and made that one room upstairs that's open that kids can play in or whatever. We put all of his fire trucks on the wall and we hung his coat, his fireman's coat and his fireman hat, uh, you know, the uh, hard hat that mm-hmm. they had with his 
name on it, are all up on that wall. And then I got a graphic design sticker thing of the Provo Fire Department logo that is on that ceiling up there. Mm, that's so cool. And we have a bunch of old pictures of Dad at the fire station, and they hang up there. Oh, that's fun. I love that. That's an awesome tribute you guys did. So I did, that's what stayed. But mm-hmm. as far as stuff that was already in there, like I said, we still have that coal stove mm-hmm. that was in the cabin. It was even in the in the um, you know the cabin that we tore down. Um, it is up in the uh, shed. And if we ever rebuild the shed, which we want to, because it would just be nice if you could also park your car in there. Um, it would we could still use it because it's just it's like a wood burning stove. Mm-hmm. You could put it in there and you could heat up that, you know, shed if you wanted to. Oh, that's awesome. I was just going to say one thing I do remember about the original cabin is that your dad had painted everything red, including the silverware. Did you guys keep that? <laughs> okay. Yeah. He did. The, okay. This is why this, that was done. Number one, red was his favorite color anyway. <laughs> but number two, we had so many parties up there. He had the firemen up there. We had our ward up there. Dad, mom had her work up there. And when people come, they bring things, and then they, um, when they go home, they take their dishes home, and sometimes they always had, other, everyone knew what belonged to the cabin, because it was spray-painted, red. <laughs> and so, instead of keeping that, when I ordered new silverware for the cabin, the new silverware were, all had red handles. Mm. Oh, good idea. And then those Texas tumbler glasses that dad spray painted the bottom of them red and you would, you know, start drinking and you'd come to the, you look in the bottom and think, Oh my, what do I have in here? <laughs> but, um, my friend lived down in Texas by the outlet or whatever. And I had her buy me and ship me up all red Texas tumbler glasses. That's what awesome tribute to your dad to, mm-hmm. to do that. Also in the new cabin. I love that. Yes, I figured it was, because really, you can't go to Uncle Tom's cabin without seeing red everywhere. Yep. And John, it was Johnny. He goes, yeah, Uncle Tom can see that from Kevin. Oh, that's so cute. I love that. He is right. Yeah, no, it was fun. Oh, that's really cute. Did you feel like you had to go through, like, some kind of, like, mourning process when they tore down the old cabin? Like, was, I I would assume that would be really hard, especially after, um, you know, your dad had passed and you were kind of moving on. How was that for you guys? It was interesting, um, but we'd had a three-year fight with lawyers and everything Mm. with this county to be able to build it. Okay. And so that kind of took off some of the... Yeah. Oh, it's going, we're like, oh, finally. Um, And I took a ton of pictures, and Mm -hmm. that was before, and I don't know what happened to them. Yeah, we need. They were on. We need those, Kath. Dang it. Hmm. Why they were, I mean, why they were tearing down, because I remember I left work early to go up and watch it, and I took Johnny up with me and standing out over there, and we were all, you know, everybody's just taking pictures, and. Well, I'm sure you're going to find it one day, especially now that we're talking about it. I hope they resurface so we can all enjoy them. Exactly. Who knows what I did with them? 
I was just going to say, I was just thinking about just all the memories you're up there. And I just love how everybody, you guys are just so inviting and, mm-hmm. you know, willing to invite everybody up there. And it was just such a fun gathering place and a great place to always know where, you know, somewhere you could go and that where you'd be welcome and loved. Well, that was dad's big wish. Yeah. And that's what he always wanted and what it was always for. So that's, that's what, you know, it needs to, to do forever. Yeah. Because it yeah. Is. A lot of families don't have places like that to go. So mm-hmm. we're really lucky that we can all do it. Yeah. Yes. I loved it. There, those are some of my fondest memories. When I knew we were going up to the cabin, I was, I was just so excited. It, it really, there was a special spirit there. I feel like it was really a really awesome place. And it still is, but I'm just, you know, I haven't been up there forever. Do you have any other random facts or anything you want about the cabin before we move on a little bit? One thing I always remember is the creek that ran through. And I remember putting the watermelon in the creek just to, and the soda pop to cool it. (laughs) Yeah. That was a, that was a refrigerator. I mean, I I loved it. And when they were building the new cabin, I kept it well stocked with pop for them. Because, you know, they're up there, who's going to run down? It's funny, Kath, because I had emailed a couple people just so um, to ask them the memories that they have about um, this, and I'll be sharing it later on the podcast. But people talk about all the red, and especially the red cups, and putting stuff in the creek. <laughs> I feel like everybody about touched on that. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, and if we still do it. We still stand, still spray paint the hoses. You know, just, we still have dead stencil that says Tom Giles that you would spray paint with. And, okay, just another little fun fact. Alton used that stencil on the inside of dad's coffin. Oh, you know, yeah. that would have been, so he stenciled, he took some spray paint, and it was red spray paint, and just spray painted his name on the coffin. Wow, and I didn't know that. thought that was a little, they were going, what is he doing? Uh, <laughs> obviously, you've never been to the cabin, or you'd understand Yes. <laughs> it makes sense to me. I was like, man, it, it wouldn't be complete without that. Okay, Kath, so we're going to move on to just kind of getting to know you a little bit, if that's okay. Um, okay. Can you tell us about your parents? Like, how did they meet? Hey, my mom was going to BYU. She was a nursing student. And dad was dating her roommate. <laughs> and so once they broke up, then dad asked her out. And I never, you know, I was younger when I heard the story, so I never even thought to ask, wow, how did the roommate react? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. I have no idea. Okay. But um, that's how they met, is she was going to um, BYU nursing school. Was he going to school there also? He went to BYU for a year, and then he was hired on at the fire department, and that's what he wanted to do, so he stopped going to school. Well, he went there to do what he he, uh, needed to, which was to to meet his wife. There you go. Usually it's the other way around. It's usually the women go there for just that long. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how they met. Can you describe both you, your mom, and dad's personalities? Dad always had to be doing something. He also, I mean, he grew up here, so he knew everyone. He wanted to be um, part of everything. Every morning he went down to the coffee shop where, um, you know, all the guys would, you know, reminisce or whatever they wanted to do about what had happened the day before but that was all the gossip was the coffee shop <laughs> <laughs> mom on the other hand did not grow up here 
So the friends that she ended up with here were my dad's friends first. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And um, she like and dad is was perfectly perfectly fine just staying in Utah County. He didn't need to go anywhere else. There was no need. Mm -hmm. Like somebody would say, "Have you been here?" And he goes, "Is that in Utah County?" And they go, "No." He goes, "Nope, haven't been there." Mom, on the other hand, loved travel. So, um, like, I went to Denmark with my mom when I was in sixth grade that summer. And it was just my mom and I that went. My dad could care less mm. about going. And Stan did not want to go because he would miss too many baseball games. <laughs> and Alton was just three years old, and we didn't want to take him. And my grandma, Hanson, just came to the house and stayed and mm. took care of him. And then my mom took Alton. I think he was in sixth grade when they went to, and he just, my mom and Alton went over. So my dad was perfectly fine not going. Mm -hmm. I remember going back and visiting my grandparents. My mom's parents, um, when I was young, lived in Nebraska on a farm, and we would go out and visit them, and my dad was perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. then I, we went on the train once and stuff because he could care less about traveling. Now, did he go with us a few times? Yes. But most of our family vacations were in the West. We would go to Yellowstone. We, and we did go over to the, the Black Hills and then down to Nebraska, stuff like that. But Jackson Hole was a big, big place we'd always go. First time I ever went to Disneyland, I was a freshman in college. His dad did not want to go there. And your mom went with you? To Disneyland? Yeah. No. I met some friends my freshman year in college and um that lived down there and i went down to visit them and went to disneyland with them okay well so just to clarify was your mom from denmark why did your mom take you okay. and alton to denmark what was so special about denmark my mom is 100 percent danish hmm. my grandfather came from denmark when he was 21 years old and ended up in nebraska and um so he was 100% Danish. Uh, my grandmother's parents were both from Denmark, but she was raised here in the United States. She was first in Ogden. Her father worked on the railroads, and he was in the, on the railroad in Ogden. Mm. And that's where they joined the church. And then um, they were, uh, my, my great-grandfather was moved to Colder, Iowa, work for the um, railroads and that's where my grandmother basically grew up was colder Iowa wow Kath I'm learning so much about you <laughs> I, I love it okay that's awesome can you describe like both of your parents what are their favorite hobbies you know well we talked about what they did for work so we don't need to do that unless you want to um well, I kind of want to know what your mom did with nursing. Like, where did she work? What um, what department did she work at? What did she love? You know, did she really enjoy her work? Stuff like that. Mom was a mental health nurse. Now, what she started out, she was a nurse, but what she started out as, uh, as a school nurse. Her first job when, after they got married, was a school nurse for Provo School District. And then she went on to be a nurse for uh, the state hospital. She quit public school district when, 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 I think when I was, I was born and went to the state hospital. 
she worked at the state hospital until I was in the beginning of high school. And then she went to Timp Mental Health as a head nurse there. And um, since she loved camping and traveling, which dad wasn't that big on, they had to take a nurse when she was at at, um, the state hospital. They had to take a nurse on all of their trips they took the kids on. And so my mom would go. Like, she hopped. She went and she hiked the Rockies. She went camping out. Every year, my dad would drive Stan and I down to the Green River because they camped down there, and then they were going down the Green River. So we would drive down for the day they went down the Green River, and we would go down the Green River with my mom and all those patients. What were the ages of the people she was a nurse over? Um, she was mostly over the adult ones, hmm. but there was a youth facility up there, and she would sometimes bring home some of the youth just for the weekend, and um, they would go to the cabin with us or whatever. But she loved her patients. Oh, my gosh. Them. That makes me just love your mom so much because... I did not know your mom. I, I, this is what I remember. I remember her hair was always perfect. I remember her glasses. I remember her sweet voice. And she was always very kind to me um, as, a, as a child. But the way you're describing her, she is. she just sounds like this like most adventurous, most caring person. I just love her. Yep. And she went and got her hair done every Saturday. Was it? Did she get her hair done by Norm, too? No, she didn't. She got her hair done on Night Feast, which was closer to us. It okay. was on Night Feast. And she always went to this place right on Night Feast in between her house and her work. But she always went on Saturday morning mm-hmm. to get her hair done. Mom. And I knew that's what it was back then. I mean, mm-hmm. your yeah. grandma held up, had hers done, I think it was every Thursday. Yes. <laughs> I believe that I is mean, correct, Kath. <laughs> Because yeah. every Wednesday night, if you brought invited out to anywhere, her hair was in curlers. Yes. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that because I do remember, I mean, our grandma was like that. But then I was also reading about Bertha, and she was also very religious about getting her hair done. I think she went twice a week. So, yes, I read that, and I thought, wow. Way to go. <laughs> I need to go get my hair done more. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. But we don't live in the age where you have those updos. <laughs> I don't know. I think we should bring it back. <laughs> it could be awesome. Maybe for a day, just for fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be hilarious. We're going to do it. I remember updos when you go to dances or weddings. You know, people always did these big updo type hair things for those. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about your mom. And just how awesome it was that she was in the mental health, because I feel like we need a lot of that in our world today, so we really do miss her for that. Seriously. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, but I do, I do have one memory of Norma, a specific memory I remember. I was probably eight years old, and um, I had hurt my finger or something like that, and so I was crying, and I went to my grandma Alta, and she said, "Here, let's have Norma help you. She's a nurse. She knows. She knows what she's doing." And I just felt so like comforted that I knew that somebody was helping me, that knew what they were doing, and she was just so nice. Yeah, she I, she loved the the people she worked with, and you know the patients 
she worked with, she would always come home and tell stories. You know, she didn't tell us names. But she was always, you know, um, told that she was going straight to heaven by, all, you know, her patients. She would always come and tell us the stories. She goes, well, I'm already going straight to heaven. You guys got to work on it. Well, I agree. She is definitely in heaven in my book. <laughs> well, you said some of her hobbies were, like, traveling and things like that. Did, was there any other hobbies that we haven't mentioned? Um, needlepoint. She was huge with needlepoint, and I still have her needlepoint pictures framed here. I remember when we were in Denmark, we were in this needlepoint shop for like two hours. I was going crazy. <laughs> I was in sixth, you know, sixth grade. I was not this patient child that wanted to hang out in a needle <laughs> needle um, shop. And oh my gosh! But she finally picked two that she wanted, thank goodness, and bought them and then um, came home and, and did them. And we have them framed and they're still in my house. But she did several things. She loved to do that. Oh, that's cool. Well, you mentioned that you also like to sew. Did she teach you that? No, she was. She did sew. She was, She could sew, but no, I got that because her mother and father, my, my grandma, Anson, moved here when I was in fourth grade and my, and they just lived up the street from us, not even a half a block away. And she was a huge sewer. She sewed tons of stuff and she's the one that taught me to sew and knit because she did it all the time. We have lots of Afghans that my grandmother knitted that I still have. That's awesome. Well, that's a fun, um, skill to, acquire from, you know, from your parents and grandparents. Because oh, yeah. And remind me, Kath, with your dad, was he a fire chief? I can't remember. What what did he end he up with from his career? He got with battalion chief. Okay. I don't know and what that means. I'm big on that because okay. as a battalion chief, you worked Monday through Friday, not, um, you know, eight, eight to five. And he really missed his 24 on 48 off mm. but that's what he was at the end so he was nine to five so he had the same schedule as my mom which okay. most of their lives you know they didn't and um so yeah he um that's what he did and it was for he, for provo fire right it was for provo yes yeah okay. provo fire yep okay when did he retire from that he retired in 19, I want to say it was 1985, 84, right in there. Okay. So he had a good, what, 12 years or so before he passed away that he was Oh, retired. yeah. He had only been on Social Security but three years when he passed away. But he was always going to get another job. He told my mom, you know, after when he retired, he goes, yeah, we'll get another he never quite did. He was having too much fun with the Exactly. He would go out to the barn and do I don't know what. Do you have a fond memory of your dad that you want to share? Oh, yeah. Dad was always, okay, I had a completely different life than any of my friends. Because my dad was 24 on, 48 off. Mm -hmm. So I did a lot with my dad. Um, he would, you know be home some of the times when mom wasn't because she was at work. Uh, we would go horseback riding. 
or if it was um, the summer we'd be up at the cabin. Um, I also remember I was a freshman in college, in high school. My dad was really big, but he wanted us to do everything when we were in high school, go to all the activities, blah, blah, blah. So he did not want us to work while we were going to school, but we had to work in the summer. So it, it was a, I was my freshman year in high school, and we were putting in his first year of Tent View. Um, Tent View had just opened up. So they wanted to put a big T on the mountain for Tent View, right above Tent View. Mm-hmm. And they decided to do it with sheets. Every, they dyed white sheets orange, because that was the color of Tent View. And we sewed the sheets together. I brought a whole bunch, brought a whole bunch of sewing machines into the school, and we we're anyway. I ended up at school all night. I mean, all night. We were sewing because we had a helicopter coming that next day to pick it up, to take it up, and drop it on the mountain. Because I can't remember how many tons it was once you got all of it sewn together. And um, my dad showed up at six in the morning. Somebody goes, "Oh, some of his parents here." And another person in trouble, you know, because people had not gone home. No, he, was, he just had his fire uniform on and he needed to be to work at seven. He just came to see what was up. He wasn't mad. He could care less. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, Dad was the one that always had a ton of kids in the back of his truck. That's awesome. Back then, we could ride in the back of the truck, so nobody cared. Yeah. But, oh, he sounds like such... Just... Oh, go ahead, Max. Sorry. I was going to say that just describes his personality right there. Oh, yeah. And then my mom was the one that um, was more trying to keep, you know, like the budget and stuff like that. Mm. And she, oh, she was hilarious. But because of her, we liked a lot of different foods. My dad was raised here in Provo. I mean, he wouldn't even eat pizza. What? It was American. So, whenever my dad was at the fire station, the night he was at the fire station, we always had different food than when he was at home. Like, my mom loved avocados. I mean, she grew up with avocado trees in her yard. And we ate avocados and all that. My dad wouldn't touch that. No way. Always had different types of food when my dad, and my mom knew. He never, ever served it when my dad was there. He'd say he didn't like that. He wasn't going to eat it. Then we wouldn't like it either. <laughs> Just because he said. So she never, she, it was always when he was at the fire station, we had different foods. Oh, that is funny. We do that at our house, too. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it runs in the family. <laughs> yeah. Catherine, I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about, um, you know, your growing up, like... Um, how old are you compared to your brothers and like things that you did as siblings and as a family, things like that? Hey, um, I just turned 60 and Stan just turned 62. We are 18 months apart. Hmm. So we grew, we're two years different in school, but 18 months apart. And then Alton just turned 50. We are 10 years apart. Oh, wow. <laughs> Kind of interesting. I actually remember, because we, when we um, said that we were going to have Stella, I remember you saying, um, Alton's like, why are they having another one that's, like, really far apart? And then you said, oh, well, you're 
you're a lot younger than me. <laughs> exactly. But it's funny because I was actually looking at our family history and it's kind of funny because it's a, there's like a trend or something because like grandma Alta had Camille and then seven years later, Ben was born. And then yep. the same thing happened with, um, uh, Bertha and her children. They were all about seven years apart. And, um, there was one more person I can't remember right now, but there, they were, there was always a huge gap. And then like one more, one more child. Well, um, the gap between, um, Jay and Liz. Oh. I did not know that. Yeah. Because Liz, I think is a year younger than Camille. Or she's Kenley's age. I can't remember exactly what how, what her age was. Huge gap. Those children just wanted to come. They just wanted yeah, to come exactly. whenever they wanted to. So, <laughs> oh, so I was just wondering. Um, let's see what things you did together as siblings and also as a family. What were your okay? Um, well, as a family, like you said, we were at the cabin all the time. I remember horseback riding with Dad all the time. Mom never went with us. She wasn't big on horseback riding. I do remember one weekend, we were at the barn the whole weekend doing stuff. Bert's family was down there, too. And there was a pond down there. Stan almost drowned in the pond, and Corey pulled him out. And then the next, that was on a Saturday. And then on Sunday, we all went horseback riding, and something happened. I was on the back of my dad. I was a little girl. And something happened, a horse started bucking, and Dad was trying to hold me on, but I went flying off, and the horse came down on my leg. Oh, my gosh. Nothing, nothing happened to me. I mean, it was sore, but nothing happened. And my mom was ready to kill my dad for that weekend. Wow. So she goes, no, you're not taking the children there anymore. That, so all of that happened on one weekend? One weekend. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Wow. My mom was a little stressed out. Um, that's what happens when I've watched the kids. Just kidding. <laughs> exactly. You know, who knows? Well, so I mean, um, did you feel like you like took care of Alton a lot just because, you know, you were 10 and he was a newborn. Do you have a lot of memories of taking care of him and stuff? Yeah, I do have a lot of memories of babysitting him. And Stan, you know, Stan did too. Stan was, you know, like 12 years older than him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, hence, because of that, when Stan was in the army he was you know medically went eyes so in the eye clinic whenever there was a child they put stan in charge of it because stan knew how to deal with it oh wow because he had to you know you basically are helping raise your little brother so stan always got put in charge of the children kind of funny i did not know that about stan that's that's really cool yeah but i mean because you know alton went every I mean, when we we had to take care of him, he would go with us in the car. You know, that was before car seats. Mm-hmm. Just throw on a seatbelt, if that. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up, mom, you know, both mom and dad worked, and we went mostly to the Weavers. They were our babysitters when we were young. Um, they did go on sabbaticals because he was a professor at BYU speech therapy oh here's another fun story he was speech therapy and stan needed speech therapy when he was a child so he went to brother weaver for speech therapy and i was upset that i wanted to go too so i also had speech therapy and i didn't need it but yeah 
there was just two years that they went on sabbatical where he was teaching in Oklahoma or something like that, that we had a neighbor across the street, the Lewises, that took care of us. Mm. And then when I was four, um, I, I, I learned to ride my bike, and I rode my bike to Peter Pan Nursery School in the morning. Wow, when you were four by yourself? Uh-huh. It wow. Was just, it was like five blocks in the neighborhood. You never had to go on a, on a really big road. And I would ride my bike over to Peter Penn Nursery School, and then I would ride it back to the Weavers because they lived right by us. They were in our ward. That is impressive. And um, so, yeah, it, and then I did go. Then I went to Peter Penn Nursery School when I was five in the morning, and then I just walked down because it was only two blocks from Wasatch School. I walked down to kindergarten. Well, that's awesome, Kath. (laughs) And then I walked home. And then we moved. That was when I lived on, we lived on Briar Avenue, down in the tree streets. The summer of my, after kindergarten, we moved to the house I'm in now. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I had thought that you, you had lived there your entire life, but I mean, just most of your life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, most of it. Yeah. From from six on, I lived here. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was just one of my little strange things that, that I did. But we had, like I said, mom always worked. So when Alton came, I mean, Sam and I were in school. So he went to, they weren't in our ward. They were up in um, Indian Hills. And I can't remember their names. But he went to them. They had kids Alton's age. And so he went to them until he was in kindergarten. Mm. So did you and Stan, like, would you say that you guys were like frenemies when you were younger? I mean, 18 months apart, oh, you know, I mean, yeah. describe you and Stan's relationship growing up. Okay. My mom had a brother that was 18 months apart from her. She was the older though. And he was killed in the military. Um, but anyway, they have the same thing where Stan and I hated each other. <laughs> we mom didn't get to ride the front seat of the car when we were all together for years because one had to be in the front seat, you know, over on that side and the other had to be behind dad driving and mom had to sit in the back or we would, you know, be fighting. We did, we fought all the time. Wow. And, um, like I remember we hit the kitchen table, mom, he's looking at me, mom, stop. (laughs) He's looking at me, make him stop looking at me. And then my mom always said to us, Okay, you're driving me crazy, and he and then you're going to hit junior high, and you're going to be best friends, and you're going to be lying for each other. And I'm like, no way, I would never lie for him. And sure enough, you hit junior high, where I'm just young enough that all of his friends wanted to date my friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then we became best friends, but we did not get along as kids. Oh, wow. <laughs> And now your relationship, how is your relationship now? Right. <laughs> you know, I have a great relationship with both of my brothers. But yeah, it was just funny. Yeah. But I, my mom knew what was going to happen because she yeah. had done the exact same thing with her brother. And she was like, and I'm like, yeah, no. That happened with Stacy and I too. Once, when I finally, when we got married, Stacy would come over and eat ice cream at our house. Yeah. So our, our relationship, it, it took a, a, a little bit longer than junior high, but... <laughs> why you wanted to become an elementary school teacher. 
Okay. Um, we would go on a trip every other year, a family trip, that dad usually went on that one. And it was, like I said, it was to Jackson Hole. It was to um, Yellowstone, the, you know, Black Ridge Mountains, stuff like that. And back to Nebraska. But once they moved here when we were in fourth grade, most of our trips were in Utah. So that was because dad wasn't a big traveler. Mm-hmm. Which was fine. That, that sounds good. About anything. <laughs> Stacy, that sounds like the trips we had when we were kids. We usually, we didn't go too far either. Yeah, a trip to Salt Lake was like a huge deal. <laughs> oh, I remember as a kid, it was like, you're going to go to Salt Lake? Well, you better pack the cooler of treats. <laughs> Seriously. You know, my, by the time you get there, oh my. <laughs> uh, really, Kath, it was like, whoa, we're going to Salt Lake today? Yep. It was a big deal. <laughs> it must run in the family. Mm-hmm. I think it does. <laughs> also, okay. and for me teaching, I, when I was in high school, I would go over to Edgemont Elementary, which was exactly across the street, and I would help in a first grade classroom. And this was a class from high school, I don't know what they called it, that you could go over and work in the elementary school. Anyway, I took it and did it. I loved it, so I was going to be an elementary school teacher. That and then my senior year, I took accounting and loved that. Mm-hmm. So then I decided I wanted to be an accountant. Well, at BYU, my first year, second year, when I had to start taking accounting classes, statistics. Oh, oh my. yeah. And I decided there's no way. Uh, if there's this much math, I mean, I was used to adding and subtracting. Come on, multiply. Why do I need any more? Oh, whoa. I went, yeah, I'm not doing accounting. And I went right back to elementary ed. Oh, I did not well, know. you a teacher. I remember actually going to help you once um, set up your room, get ready for the, the new year. Yeah. And that was always lots of work. And I will say probably if I had to do it over again, I love the elementary school kid age. But just for sure exhaustion and having a life, I probably would go to high school and and um, get go that route instead of elementary. You do extra in high school, like if you're over a club, if you come back for any of the dances, or you come back for the football games or the basketball games or anything like that, you're paid. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just a lot more opportunity to make yeah. more money. But you also don't have as much... I'd say prep, because in elementary school, there's a lot of prep in what you're going to do, because the kids can't, can't do it. Oh, absolutely. In high school, you know, you're just like, okay, this is what we're doing here. Take this out. This is, you know. Mm-hmm. You have more correcting to do, but you don't have as much busy work. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, you had mentioned that oh, one of your most memorable moments is when somebody brought a horse to show and tell what was that day like like did did she say okay let's go outside to meet my horse well she wanted to bring it in and that's when i went yeah no 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 no. we're gonna go outside oh my gosh that is so funny (laughs) no kids just come with you know and that's what 
I try to tell parents, you know, if you don't believe everything they say about me, I won't believe everything they say about you. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Because, whoa. But I remember I used to bring stuff home when I was teaching and, um, like, correcting stuff. Mom actually just bought stamps for Stan and Alton because their stars, you know, to make a star on a paper was not pretty. So she bought stamps. <laughs> that's awesome. So they could stamp the paper instead. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Teachers have an amazing job and you think, a lot of people think that they, you know, only work so many hours, but they actually work more hours than anybody else. So exactly. Well, so that's Kath- why I would probably go, if I did it again, I would go secondary because they don't have to work as many hours. Yeah. yeah. True. Well, I think you've earned your place in heaven, Kath, because, man, Thank you. 30 years with teaching second graders, oh my goodness. Yeah, you've earned it. I do miss the kids, but I don't miss all the paperwork and all of the other junk now that they have you do. But I don't miss all the paperwork and all of the other junk now that they have you do but i don't miss all the paperwork the audio went a little weird here so we are back to talking about age gaps so i think it was so between alton and norma it was 18 years so then it was yeah but they had a sister in between yeah so they had alton and then nadine was seven years later and then i think she had a baby seven years later that he died yes and then two years later i think norma was born so a huge gap there yeah yeah <laughs> someone said on the bug uh, i think it was on the bug's life gaps are gaps are great <laughs> or something i can't remember what they said i have to go back and look it up but oh and the one more thing about me i was born on grandma donna's birthday oh fun on the 29th of october and so my my mom's mom my grandma hampton's name was Catherine too so i was named Catherine. And since I was born on Catherine, Grandma, Grandma Giles' birthday, I, it was spelled like my Grandma Hanson's. Oh, that's I was, cool. I was wondering about that. Yeah. I knew that that's it why it's spelled different than Grandma, uh, Grandma Donna's was. Yeah. That's cool. You get it on both sides. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Kind of interesting. Dang, that was such a cool episode. What was your favorite part, Mitz? I think I like listening about Tom. You can really get to know his personality as we talk. Um, What did you like, Stace? I really liked learning about the cabin. There were a lot of details I didn't know, but I was really fascinated to learn more about the life of Catherine's mom. Like I had mentioned in the episode, I really didn't know her that well, so it was really cool to get a glimpse of who she was, and it sounds like she really made a difference in the world. Yeah, I totally agree. It was really awesome to get to know their family a little bit better. So now uh, we just wanted to share some memories that we that were sent in from some of our cousins. Wesley Pay Harvey shared this. The first memory that comes to mind with the Red Cabin was when we were up there for the big annual 4th, 4th of July party, and we were all outside playing and eating. It was warm and sunny. Alton and a few other men suddenly picked up Grandma Alta and put her in the creek. I don't recall what she said, but I'm sure there were a, sure, a few choice words in there. We were all laughing and hoping we wouldn't get put in next. And then someone else, I think it was Stan, pulled the fire hose out and sprayed all of the kids. 
I also think a lot about how we were often given the task to clean the corn. We would go down by the horses and feed the horses all the husks. So this next one is sent in by Kyle Pay. He has a couple memories here, which are so fun. He remembers the friendly brown dog named Thor, and I'm almost positive, and this is me talking, but I'm almost positive that Thor was a Chesapeake Bay retriever, and even to go a little bit further back, before they got Thor, they had a golden retriever named Clyde, but uh, anyway, so he remembers Thor, and he was never a big fan of dogs, but... Thor was calm and good with kids, and he didn't make Kyle nervous like other big dogs did. He said that you couldn't spend a 4th of July without getting wet during the annual water fight, and whoever owned the fire hose, who was seemingly always Alton, owned the fight. I remember a few folks hiding inside only, only to be brought out and dunked in the creek. If I'm not mistaken, even Grandma Alta got thrown in. So it sounds like that was a pretty epic memory since Wesley and Kyle mentioned that. As for the cabin layout, Kyle remembers that it seems like you re you entered through a small kitchen that housed the iconic red cups. At the end of the kitchen, there was a table we used to play cards, like Uno and also Dominoes with Aunt Kath. I always ate gobstoppers at that table as a kid. When you turned right, and there was a big TV where Stan watched sports, especially Cubs baseball. And then in the living room, there was a narrow staircase to the upstairs rooms. I remember sleeping in one room as a family, and the upstairs seemingly always had a, bo always had a box elder bug, so it felt like you were camping. That's awesome. I actually remember that, too. And if I, if I remember right, I can't remember what the carpet was, but I, for some reason I have to say red. It was shaggy red, wasn't it? I can't remember. I'm almost positive. I'm almost positive it was shaggy red. Yes, and the uh, couches, I, if I remember right, I think they were brown with some, like, brown flowers, a floral decoration. Oh, yes, maybe. definitely. I remember that for sure. Yeah. Um, so then Kim Brown, the Mezzi, she said, The thing I remember the most about South Fork is a zip line and running back and forth endlessly with the cousins. I love doing that so much. The other thing that comes to my mind is just a feeling of family and being crammed into a room for Thanksgiving dinner with people I didn't know super well. But I remember that I loved being there even though I didn't know everyone's name and it helped to instill in me the importance of family. So the last one we have here is sent in by Brandon Pay, And he said some of his memories that he listed were... Playing kick the can at night and almost getting knocked out, running into Andrew coming from a di different direction. The zip line into the mattress, which was so fun. All of the hummingbirds and the water fights on the 4th of July or Memorial Day. Watermelon cooling in the creek. Wiffle ball in the yard. And my eyes swelling shut as a six-year-old due to allergies with the cotton flying. No fun. So we hope you all had just as much fun reminiscing as we did. We could not create these episodes without your support, so we appreciate all the love, encouragement, and participation. Because remember, we each have a story. Come discover yours.